When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. All the evidence pointing in the direction that many people on that San Francisco 49ers roster had no idea what the overtime rules were, and were still maybe uncertain as to whether or not the coach knew. Even if he did know, like his, his, his logic, his rationale, everything was off. Like it was just awful. Like to, to think that you were going to plan for something that is not an absolution in overtime makes no sense at all. There's no guarantee that you're going to get a third possession and there's no guarantee that you can end the game on your first possession. So how does it make sense not to defer when you win the coin toss and kick off to the Kansas City Chiefs and know exactly what you need to tie and or win the game? Also, why don't your players know the rules? Why haven't you walked through this ad nauseum with your players? to where they know these rules and can recite them like the Pledge of Allegiance. Yeah. I can't understand this yeah. whatsoever. How and, you could be in the biggest game of your life that you had two weeks to prepare for and you don't know the rules. It's, it truly is remarkable. Super Bowl, obviously, uh, two days ago, we're still talking about that overtime decision-making. Most watched television show of all time. And obviously, it was a capacity crowd, of course, in Vegas. A hot ticket brought to you by Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN. Get great deals on the hottest tickets. Experience it live. There's, there's so many parts of this now that we've looked at, right? The idea that Kyle Shanahan, head coach of the Niners, comes out and says, well, I was planning for the third possession which would be an indication that you just assume that Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are going to score, right? Which is interesting considering the fact that you've held them to 19 points in regulation. I don't know that that should be an assumption, but even if you do assume, CC, explain why having the ball first, you actually approached it wrong, even if you were right about your decision-making. Yeah, you should have went for it on fourth down once you get inside your own 10-yard line. If you're going to get the ball first and you're going to drive down, and the inference by taking the ball first is that the Chiefs are going to score when they get the football then why not go for the jugular in that situation? Why, why not make it a touchdown game? That, that, that's the part that doesn't make sense to me. Think about it. If you get the ball, you've got it second and four on a nine-yard line. You ended up running the ball, not getting, getting the game. Then it's third and four. You end up throwing an incompletion. Fourth down, you kick a field goal. Well, why not make it four-down territory once you get the ball in the low red zone? And that changes the sequencing, your play calling altogether. So instead of that second down play uh, being a run play, maybe you throw for the end zone there in a less obvious situation. And then on third down, you run the ball, which is, you know, you know probably a, a situation where you're going to get a look that's better to run the football because Steve Spagnuolo's bringing pressure. And then fourth down, you'll see where you're at right there, but you still go for it. And that way, even if you don't get it, the Chiefs have to drive at least 50 yards in order to have a scoring opportunity. But it's also not four-down territory for the Chiefs because you didn't score any points. So it's a situation for them where they can punt the ball away and the game's not over. So, again, it didn't make sense for Kyle Shanahan to try to justify taking the ball first with the the – 
I guess, with the, the third possession being the impetus for that, if you weren't going to be aggressive and make it a four-down possession from the start. It didn't make any sense whatsoever. It's such an odd thing overall. And by the way, you know, the whole thing is even if they went first and they scored a touchdown, Patrick Mahomes was on the 6 p.m. Sports Center yesterday, Eastern Time, with Kevin Nagandi and L. Duncan and played out that scenario as to what they would have done. Here's Mahomes. No, we, we were going for two. I don't know if Coach Reed wants me telling everybody, but we would have went for two for sure. So think about how planned out they were. They were having the conversation, if we don't get the ball first and they score a touchdown first, we would be down, let's assume they had the extra points, they would have been down 26-19. Scoring a touchdown 26-25, they would have gone for two, which would have been the single most amazing play, regardless of results in the history of the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> Overtime down one after a touchdown going for two would be the most significant play in the history of the Super Bowl. But I guess my logic is for Kyle Shanahan to go for it on fourth down rather than kick a field goal on their first drive in overtime is even if that's the mentality of Mahomes and the Chiefs, and even if they do score a touchdown, I still got a chance to win the game by stopping them on a two-point conversion as opposed to doing what I did, which is kicking a field goal, and then I know that they can tie the game or win the game. Like, that, 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 that's the part that, that will bother me. That's the part that's unsettled. Like, again, planning for uh, uh, something that's not guaranteed and, and taking the ball or, and, and having the first possession in overtime not lead to any absolution whatsoever is inexcusable if you're Kyle Shanahan. All right, joining us now, yes, he does each and every week, post is granola and yogurt. <laughs> ESPN senior NFL insider Adam Schefter brought to us by BetterHelp. BetterHelp makes it easy to match with a licensed therapist. Get 10% off your first month of online therapy at B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash Adam. All right, Adam, let's, let's bring you in on this conversation. Is it fair to ask, not accuse, but ask whether or not the Niners knew the rules in overtime. Well, it's fair to ask because the players obviously said that they didn't, whereas the Chiefs players said they did. But I also would say, and maybe Chris can answer this, if the players knew, is that changing the way they're playing while they're out on the field? Well, I think it changes the way that you probably call the game. I guess that's that would be the thing for, for Shanahan. But to have everybody right. fully aware of it absolutely matters. No question. Well, I, uh, again, you're say, and I'm saying from a player standpoint, how does it matter? Of course it matters from a coaching standpoint. But as a player, are, are you getting 95%? Are you letting up a certain amount? I mean, how, how does it impact a player knowing the rules? I, I, I don't know. I'm just wondering out loud. I, I don't know the answer to that. No, it's a good. It's a good question. It's a great question because, like, that's the whole thing we've been discussing. Adam is the idea that, like, we've played out the hypothetical: if the Niners scored a touchdown, were they going to celebrate like they won the Super Bowl? Because if they didn't know the rules, they didn't know the other team was getting right. the ball. Yeah, I guess the only answer to that would be players potentially pushing back on the calls, more dialogue between the coaches and the, and the players in that scenario. Like, just having a full understanding of the situation. I think it matters. And the level of urgency that you approach it with, like I, I guess we, we all want to believe that it shouldn't matter because it's overtime and you want to do everything that you can score, but there's a different level of urgency, a different level of desperation that you play with knowing that, hey, we could kick a field goal in this spot and know that the Kansas City Chiefs yeah. will ultimately go down yeah. and score a touchdown and lose. Yeah, that, that's fair. I mean, I can't argue that. And whether – it impacts how the players are playing the game. I, I'm always for every team being as prepared as possible, whatever that means. So 
Uh, the fact that they didn't know the rules, that they had time to go over, and they didn't, that obviously to me, I guess, would be a miss. But, um, look, to me, they had so many chances to win that game at so many other points, and uh, they didn't put it away. Well, Adam, now that the Super Bowl is over, we are turning our eyes towards the NFL draft, and all eyes start with the Chicago Bears. We've had conversations mm. today about the Bears potentially moving on from Justin Fields, but is there a chance that they could hang on to him and draft a quarterback with the number one overall pick? I don't think it goes that way in the end, but um, I will just say that the organization definitely has discussed that. Um, now, could they come back to that in the end? Sure. Do I think that's the likely scenario? No. But they have given thought to the idea, hey, let's just draft the guy at one, have Justin Fields here, and then they can work it from there. Now, by the way, they would hardly be the first team that's ever done that. We were talking about this on Sunday Countdown this past week. Uh, the Cowboys, when they had Troy Aikman, also had Steve Walsh. Uh, they were two first-round quarterbacks. And eventually they saw that Aikman had the talent that they needed and wanted and moved on from Walsh. Um, and I don't remember what they got back for him. But quarterbacks in this league are currency. And if you have one, all of a sudden where one team loses a guy, like, think back to the year, again, I just quarterback, random quarterback moves popping in my mind. Right before the deadline, the Raiders had Jason Campbell. He went down. They had a winning record at the time. And right at the trade deadline, they traded at least a one, maybe more to Cincinnati for Carson Palmer. So if you don't have the offer that you want at a certain time for Justin Fields, that doesn't mean in August when – Sam Bradford or Teddy Bridgewater goes down with an injury, as happened in Minnesota. And the team is scrambling for a quarterback. That they're not going to go pay a premium for Justin Fields. It's not a traditional way of thinking about it. It's not the likely way it's going to unfold. But that's certainly a scenario that they have discussed, and I would imagine might discuss again here in the coming weeks. Shefty, will Minnesota do everything in its power at any cost to keep Kirk Cousins? Now, I don't. I think that would be too strong a statement. I think that, again, various people in the organization have various opinions about him. And I think in a perfect world, they'd like to have him back. But what is the price? And I think Kirk would like to be back. I think he's pretty, pretty clear. So is there a common ground uh, for the two sides to meet at? And really, that's, that's Kirk's agent's job. And he's done a great job of handling the business of Kirk Cousins is figuring out, okay, Kirk, here's the deal. If we're leaving Minnesota, I think I could get us X on the open market. And Minnesota will be offering whatever they're offering, whatever they think it's worth to them to keep him. And Kirk Cousins then gets to decide, okay, do I want to go back to Minnesota at that price? Or I, you know what, I know on the open market I'm going to get $5 million more, $10 million more, or, or not more, and I'm going to go back. Right? Like, that's... That's really what the week leading up to the combine and the combine are about. Establishing value, figuring out what your options are, and then making your decision. They're not made in a vacuum. Like all of a sudden, Kirk Cousins doesn't just wake up a morning and say, okay, I'm going to re-sign with Minnesota for $41 million a year or whatever the number is. Like there's a lot of work that goes into that decision that allows him to finally decide, okay, I'm going to stay here, or 
thank you, Vikings. I'm going to pass up on your three-year $135 million offer or whatever it is that they're offering. Shefty, Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys have some huge contracts that they have to negotiate. CeeDee Lamb, Dak Prescott, Michael Parsons. What's the order of operations in terms of how Dallas prioritizes those contract talks? You know, it's, it's a good question. Um, I, I think probably, ideally, you'd like to get the space from Dak Prescott first. Dak's got a contract figure of over $59 million for the upcoming season. You really, I think, are a little bit hamstrung until you can find more caps. You can't do all those deals without the assistance of Dak. So, I mean, could they go and sign one of those guys first? Absolutely. They're all worthy. They all deserve it. But in what order are they going to go? I, I don't know. Like, that's, you know, what if C.D. Lamb wants to wait for Justin Jefferson's deal to get done? And they can't do C.D. They might want to do C.D. first. But C.D. might want to wait for Justin Jefferson's deal to get done because that's going to boost up the wide receiver market. Micah Parsons might want to just go right away. Or, you know, that's something that Jerry Jones has been talking about for a long time, wanting to get that deal done. And that's going to be a huge deal when it gets done. And who was the third one that you said there, Chris? Dak Prescott. Dak, Micah, and CD. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Dak. And by the way, you, you didn't even mention Tony Pollard. And I know that that might not figure prominently, but that's fine. Tony can leave during free agency, but the fact of the matter is then they still need another running back. So they got a lot of needs to address. And again, I think to me it starts with Dak. Uh, I think CD is going to want to probably be patient a little bit. Um, Michael will be ready to take his bite of the apple because I feel like he feels like he's proven his value. And let's see how it all unfolds. Shefty, always a pleasure. Thank you so much. We'll talk next week. Thanks, guys. Have a great week. You too. Adam Schefter, of course, uh, sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp makes it easy to match with a licensed therapist. Get 10% off your first month of online therapy at B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash Adam. Coming up, preach. Or a reach, and maybe a weather report soon from one Pat Costello. <laughs> We're on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit... Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. 
With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. They are some of the biggest stories in sports. That's a big story. But should we preach? <laughs> I feel good. Or is it a reach? Now you have officially carried it too far. Preach or reach? It is time for Preacher Reach here on Unsportsmanlike. I'm Michelle Smallman alongside Evan Cohen and Super Bowl champ Chris Canny. You were laughing at the return there. What made you laugh? Uh, uh, Jackson Heights only, Randy Watson. <laughs> <laughs> Preacher Reach, I'm sorry. Preach or reach? Preach or reach? First one, Patrick Mahomes will end up winning more Super Bowls than Tom Brady. Is that a preach or a reach? Uh, that's a preach. I'm not doubting Patrick Mahomes. I'm, I'm just not going to do it. I, I know that he's... Four Super Bowls away from Tom Brady. He's a whole Joe Montana away <laughs> from Tom Brady. But I'm I'm just not going to say he can't do it. He He's only in his seventh season. Like, he just finished his seventh season, six as the full-time starter. And he's got three championships. Like, I mean, if we want to project this thing out, if he plays, you know, 20 years, who's to say that he can't surpass Tom Brady? Uh, so, yeah, I'm I'm not going to doubt Patrick Mahomes. I'm done doing that. No one knows how hard it is to win a Super Bowl more than you on this set. Yeah. And you just said you think he can win four more. Four more. But that's not more than Tom Brady. So that's why it's a reach. Five more is more than – think about that. He almost has to triple his overall output to get to nine or eight or nine, whatever you want to say. Like, Tom Brady won seven. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think it's a reach. All right. Yeah, and yes, that comes off as me doubting. You're doubting Patrick Mahomes. I know. I'm not doing that anymore. Dumb move by I'm, me. I'm, I just, I'm not doing it anymore. Not wise. I'm okay. not doing I'll it anymore. I'm doubting that he won't get to eight Super Bowls. I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah, look at me. I was down on him all year. Well, down on the Chiefs all year, and they're in confetti right now. All right, next one. <laughs> Andy Reid will end up winning more Super Bowls than Bill Belichick. Preach or reach? I think this one is actually a reach. And here's the thing. I don't think Big Red will end up coaching that long. I think he'll probably get a couple more championships. But I don't, I don't know that I see him ending up with four more titles. I just don't think he's got that kind of runway. I don't think he's going to coach that long. He's already, what, in his mid-60s? He's going to be 66 next month. Yeah, I, just, I, don't, think that's, I don't think he's going to coach that long. You know, usually you start seeing coaches shut it down early 70s. We saw what the NFL did with Bill Belichick and Pete Carroll, remove those guys, and they're not getting hired this cycle. So... Yeah, I think it ends up being a reach. I don't think he'll pass Bill Belichick. Totally agree. I think it's a reach. I I think the problem with Andy Reid in terms of surpassing the most all time is that he never won one in Philly. He didn't have any in the back pocket upon arrival to Kansas City, and I think that's part of the issue because I agree. How much longer is he actually going to coach? Like, we're hearing about the retirement stuff now. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, it's a reach. It is Preacher Reach here on Unsportsmanlike. Evan Cohen, Chris Canty, and Michelle Smallman with you. Next one. The 49ers made a mistake taking the ball to start overtime. Is that a preacher or a reach? That's a preach. That's a preach. <laughs> you know it. I believe that's a preach. And I think Shefty brought up an interesting point when he was talking about what it would what, have changed if the players actually knew the rules. And to that, I would say, well, players being more aware of the rules, being more aware of the circumstances leads to a heightened degree of a heightened sense of urgency. And just think about that drive that the 49ers had. There were two penalties by players on that drive. You had one pre-snap by Brandon Ayuk, false start, and you had a holding call by one of the offensive linemen. I mean, if they know under those circumstances that it's a situation where you got to maximize what you're going to get out of that drive because Patrick Mahomes could get the ball back and beat you, 
then I think that you might see a different approach by the players. And there's also the players potentially pushing back on some of the calls that Kyle Shanahan wanted to make, some of the strategy, the in-game decision-making from the head coach. There's always that dialogue with between players and coaches under those circumstances. So, yeah, what would it have changed if the players knew the rules? A hell of a lot in terms of everybody's overall awareness and making the best decisions to try to win the game. I preach, but I want to bring up something that you said. You said about Schefter's question to you about how does it change the player's mentality. I want to go even further on that for a second. When, As a player, even in the Super Bowl, which you won, are you different in the second quarter? I don't mean wear and tear and, and tired and everything. Are you different in the second quarter than you are in the fourth quarter knowing I can make up for any mistake we make in the second? No doubt. So then that would indicate that you're a different different level of desperation. Yeah, that would indicate that if you have the first possession, it's different than the second possession in your mentality. You think you think the pass rush that we had on the third or the first third down was the same pass rush we had on a Brady Hail Mary? No, because you're playing for your life. We're playing for a lot. Like it's the like the the first third down in the Super Bowl versus the Brady Hail Mary at the end of the Super Bowl. Of course, it's a different level of pass rush. Well, then Schefter's question <laughs> makes a lot the, of sense. You use every single pass rush move you ever had to try to get to Tom Brady so he don't throw that ball. You're reaching in the depth. Everything, <laughs> everything. So there's again, there's a different level of desperation, a different level of urgency, and I get it. People don't want to say, well, yeah, you should be professional. I get it. It's human nature. Like, it's human nature. If we know that we have to absolutely score a touchdown because Patrick Mahomes is going to get the ball and we don't think, we don't, we don't, we don't want to discount that guy scoring a touchdown when he gets the ball in overtime, then yeah, you're going to approach it a little bit differently. Just saying. This is one I've been thinking about a lot. Steve Spagnolo deserves another shot to be a head coach. Preach or reach? Ooh. <sighs> deserves preach does it make sense for anybody involved including him I would say reach I don't look at realizing who you are and what you're great at as a bad thing right if if Steve Spagnuolo thinks to himself and talks to his family and his agent and he says I am better at what I do than literally anyone that's ever done it in the last 20 years how is that a bad thing yeah but Spags is 64 years old no, I'm saying that he's a defensive coordinator. That's who he is. Yeah. That's a compliment, not an insult. Yeah, does he deserve another shot to be a head coach? I mean, yeah, he's a great coach. He's one of the best coaches in the NFL, so if you want to base it off of just merit, sure, I don't think it's going to happen because he's 64 years old. Mm-hmm. The, the other thing that I don't think we ever actually reason with, if you were to get Steve Spagnuolo as a head coach, what you don't get is Steve Spagnuolo as a defensive coordinator. You actually get the worst version of him. And I understand you can say, well, what do you mean? All these offensive guys get promoted to head coach. And they're not always as good offensively as when they're just focusing on the offense. One of the reasons your former head coach, John Harbaugh, I think was, is great is he was a special teams coach. His job was to deal with players on offense and he defense. He coached everybody on the team. Yeah. Not just one side of the ball. Yeah. And that if you promote Steve Spagnuolo to head coach at anywhere in the league, he's not singularly focused on defense, which means you're voluntarily walking into a worse Defensive coach. Sure. Why? But I just can't understand why Steve Spagnolo doesn't get another look or it's not discussed. Eric Bieniemy is still not a head coach, yet anybody who was connected to Bill Belichick got a head coaching opportunity. 
Josh McDaniels failed as a head coach and got another opportunity. He left the Colts at the altar and got another head coaching opportunity. I just, I'm what, very what, surprised. What if the NFL is learning their lesson from that circumstance, though? Proximity to greatness doesn't mean that you're going to be a great coach. That is a good point. But I just am surprised that over the years, there hasn't been more of a groundswell to pluck pieces from the Chiefs, these coordinators. We, well, we they did. The, Doug Peterson came yeah, from the Chiefs. Yeah. Matt Nagy right, came from the Chiefs. So, But those exactly. two guys specifically, yeah. I'm just really surprised. Yeah, I, I think that he was 11-41 and 41 total as a head coach, if you factor in the Giants' interim stint. That's a tough one to hire for a second time or third time if you consider the 1-3 and three with the Giants. I mean, that's, that's a horrific record. As bad as Josh McDaniels was, I think his record percentage-wise is probably better than that. And this. I don't know that Spags actually wants a head coaching job either. Like there's that part of the game too. Yeah, it's again. I'm it's in a good situation a where I'm just running up. I'm running up rings as the defensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs. And my and defense is great, and I've got 15 on the other side. And, and you know the great part about that? I don't have to game plan against 15. Great point. <laughs> I mean, being the best on our at side. what you do is not a bad thing. Obviously, with this guy. All right, coming up. Are we sending Pat Costello out in the snow for a weather report? I would love it. Let's do it next on Sportsmanlike. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Kyle Shanahan and the Niners take the ball to start overtime. Before we get back to that, let's go live to Pat Costello, our producer, outside in Bristol, Connecticut, with a weather report. We literally sent Pat outside, and he has a Jay Williams bobblehead as a microphone. Yes, Pat, what do we have? Hey. It's very cold out here. Uh, it's very snowy. People are driving by me, and they think I look insane. You guys sure look warm in there. Uh, Pat, how deep is the snow from from the ground to maybe your knee? Where are we at there? Uh, <laughs> Pat just moved. The weather report guy doesn't a couple leave the shot. <laughs> but, well, I had to, I had to look. Uh, it's about, I don't know, five or six inches. Is it covering your shoes are we ankle deep yeah i yeah it's about ankle deep i'm wearing i'm wearing a timberlands it comes up to about the edge of the timberlands so yeah it's uh pretty cold guys why do people do this (laughs) what why does anyone do this why is this a thing in radio reporting i don't get it yeah there's look 
He doesn't hear anything. Oh, he's throwing snowballs. Snow. Wait a second. I have, I have a question, Pat. We work at the worldwide yeah. leader in sports. ESPN is a phenomenal brand for a million years. The microphone Correct. that you are using right now, can you explain to those listening on the radio side and not ESPN you watching what you're using right now? Sure. This is a bobblehead of uh, legendary <laughs> Bulls guard Jay Williams. Um, <laughs> That's so, pretty much all there is to so, it. So Pat is outside in the snow right now using a Jay Williams bobblehead as his microphone. Shivering quite a bit. Mm. Shivering quite a bit, Evan. Yeah. Uh, Pat, I see the snow flurries in front of the camera there. How heavy is it coming down around you? Uh, Pretty heavy. Yeah. I don't know how to – I'm not a good weather reporter because really? I'm not you know, a weather person. Uh, but, yeah, I – of all the snow that I've ever seen, this is some of it. <laughs> Pat, how about maybe uh, possibly a snow angel? What do we think about that? Can you get down there and maybe make a snow angel so we could see that? Oh, I'm in a parking lot, and there's cars coming in and out. But, yeah, why not? Uh, <laughs> all right, here he goes. You're gonna put, he's going to put down the Jay Williams bobblehead. Hold on. And Pat is now – okay, be careful here. Don't, Hold God, on. God I got to go. All right, here go he goes. Back here. He's running. He's, he's running, running by, by the, the trees. Also, we can see him from a distance. He's wearing he's, jeans. Oh, he just, he's doing the – he's doing the snow angel. We have Pat Costello doing a snow angel. There he is. Well done, Pat. And now he's running back. Also, oh, this he's is amazing. wearing jeans in yeah. snow, which means he's going to be uncomfortable for the rest of the day. <laughs> so cold. Oh wait. What sorry. Happened? Oh yeah, get your microphone. So cold. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I- sorry. You probably couldn't hear me right there. Are you? Uh, so now your pants are all are drenched for the rest that? of the day. Yeah. Uh yeah. Uh, pretty much everything I have is now covered in snow. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna come back inside now. This has been Pat Costello from the parking lot. Uh, ESPN. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Well done. So just so people understand this, because Nuno, <laughs> Nuno our, our producer, was explaining how this actually happens. So he, in order to, like, have a video feed into the show, there's a process for this. Right. Right. So, Nuno, can you tell part of this story as to what happened with Pat to request this video feed? Because normally for guests or whatever, if we're on a video, there's, like, you know, there's the formal process here. Nuno? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so we'll send an email to our Simon Desk to um, say, hey, we have Evan Cohen's coming on at 8 o'clock, FaceTime, can, here's the number, can we open up a window? And they responded, that we'll get this set up. Who's the guest? And Pat responds, thanks, I am. We're doing a bit where I'm doing a weather report from campus. Yeah. And they set it up. Yeah, so nice. Pat had to request himself. Oh, tremendous job. Tremendous job. It really does look like it's coming down quite heavy in Connecticut. Snow. Oh, now you want to be the weather reporter? You want to go outside over here? I definitely do not. Okay. No. I right. would prefer to stay inside. I'm a big weather wimp. Like what Pat just did, not for me. Tremendous job by Pat. Tremendous And now job. his jeans are wet all day. Well, that's probably my fault. I did ask him to do the snow angel, but yeah. Pat running back by the trees and then doing the snow angel, and somehow he set up the camera perfectly. Yeah. Where, where was somebody out there filming, or did he? No, just- no, no. He he found the spot to put his his uh his iPhone out there so that he can that he can do this. Yeah. Now, thanks, Michelle, or uh, should I say thank thanks, Evan, as his produ- as manager. Now I gotta let him go home early because 
He's like soaking <laughs> wet. Exactly. Perfect. All yeah, right. he could catch a cold. Yeah. Well, it's too late on that one. Wow, that was that was tremendous. But All we right. know he's dedicated to the cause, by the way. Yeah, he's dedicated was, to our show. That's the penalty. When you call out the meteorologists across the country, you have to become one as a result. Smalls, you asked the question uh, that has been on my mind since you've kind of brought up this hypothetical about what's worse for Kyle Shanahan between two of these awful situations on fields, sports-wise, that has happened. Explain this. The 28-3 versus this and why you think this actually could be worse. Well, we always talk about 28-3, even though he was the offensive coordinator, as one of those ghosts that's chasing Kyle Shanahan. The Falcons obviously had a 28-3 lead over the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl. The Patriots come back. They win the game. Then he loses in the Super Bowl. So, Leading into this game, the conversation was, is he going to be able to exercise those demons? We we always talk about it as 28-3, but I think it kind of speaks to a general narrative surrounding Kyle Shanahan. But that specific loss, he was the offensive coordinator. But mm-hmm. it what was it the biggest comeback in Super Bowl history? Yeah. It it was an historic thing that happened. But the more we analyze this Super Bowl loss, and you have players coming out saying that they were unaware of the rules in overtime, and Kyle Shanahan's logic behind, uh, what did he say, the third possession? Maybe mm-hmm. we can call this the third possession, verse 28-3. I almost think this situation might be worse. Even though that was an historic comeback by the Patriots or an historic meltdown by Kyle Shanahan, in the moment, Maybe you got nervous. Maybe the moment was too big for you. I can I can understand having it happen once and you making adjustments moving forward. And he wasn't the head coach at the time. He was the offensive coordinator. Yes, he had a big hand in what happened in that Super Bowl, but ultimately he wasn't the only guy. With this one, I don't know how to not blame Kyle Shanahan. Should the players take some responsibility for knowing the rules? Of course. But your head coach, your coordinators are the ones that are preparing you for this game. They're the ones that are walking through every scenario, coaching you up and making sure that if said scenario arises, you can execute. Patrick Mahomes, after the game, was able to recite from heart every single thing that the Chiefs would have done if the situation was reversed. He acknowledged how prepared the team was for these rules and for this situation. And the fact that in the biggest game of these guys' lives, when you've already had two situations where you've come up short, you're not prepared, I don't know how to absolve that one. All fair. I think the thing that I keep coming back to that that I have a tough time arguing against is the OC versus the head coach. Obviously, there's more responsibility as the head coach than the OC. I just think, like, what if they stopped the Chiefs? What if on that fourth and one, they stopped them? They get the ball first. They still do score. It's not like they didn't score, right? They did kick a field goal. So they get the ball first. They kick a field goal. If theoretically they stop the Chiefs in the second possession in overtime, they win the Super Bowl. Like, they just win the Super Bowl. It's why I say 28-3 is worse. But I do understand the the argument against of, like, 28-3, it's not his team. He's part of the team. This is his team. That if he didn't know the rules or he put his team in a bad position, which obviously he did, then that's more so on him. I just don't think that the members of the Atlanta Falcons in that 28-3 Super Bowl ever in any way, shape, or form ever can live that down. And I think he was such a part of it with his play calling and how he operated with that lead that I I just, I don't know. To me, that one was worse than this one. It just was. 888-SAY-ESPN. 888-729-3776, your telephone number, to be a part of the show. So which one is worse? The 28-3 for Kyle Shanahan or what we saw Sunday, kicking the ball 
Uh, excuse me, not taking the ball second in overtime. By the way, is Pat back in the studio? Do we have a, a wet Pat back in the studio? He is back in studio, All yes. All right, let's, let's get a quick little check-in very quickly. We have about 30 seconds. Pat, how you feeling over there post-weather reports? Uh, I'm feeling pretty cold. Yeah, and he still has the Jay Williams bobblehead. Well, it's the only way you could hear me, Evan. Use your head. Oh, my bad. We're on Sportsman Life on ESPN Radio. <laughs> we all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Pat the Snowman. Ah, what a job. Pat the Weatherman. Pat the Weatherman. Pat the Snowman. What a job by Pat Costello. Tremendous. All right, Smalls has put it out there. She thinks that Shanahan 28-3, not as bad as Shanahan overtime. Where are you guys on this? 888-SAY-ESPN. Cody in Georgia, listening on Sirius XM Channel 80. What's up, Cody? Hey, what's up, guys? Love the show. Thank you. Um, I had to say this last time, man. It just seems like the more you go, the more agonizing it would be to lose, especially being so close. I mean, yeah, the the twenty eight to three was bad. Like I'm I'm a Falcons fan, so that was rough, man. It, it that ripped my heart out. But uh, but yeah, I, I think this last time for Shanahan, I mean, the, the more you go, the the worse it's got to be. So being so close and just can't close the door, can't get there. Well, that's part of this. And thanks for the phone call. That you look at it and say, okay, Shanahan's resume includes, but it's not limited to twenty eight three as an OC. Up 10 points in the fourth quarter against the Niners, the, excuse me, against the Chiefs in the first Super Bowl. So that's part of the argument, maybe, Smalls, for you of like, this is worse because he had those other two meltdowns. Yes. And now he's got this one also. You'd think you would have learned from that, evolved from that, and now you're the head coach. You're not the offensive coordinator like you were in Atlanta. Right. So that's way worse to me. Dennis in Delaware watching on ESPNU. What's up, Dennis? Hey, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, the Super Bowl result really stung. I think the moment, like Small said, the moment was just way too big for Shanahan. He should have given the ball to McCaffrey right after the two-minute warning. It was third and four. They get the first down. They win the game with a field goal. In overtime, it's third and four again at the nine-yard line. You give the ball to McCaffrey. You don't put it in Purdy's hands. But not knowing the overtime rules, Evan, is dismissible. And I say bring in Bill Belichick to San Francisco and let him get Don Shula's record in the next two years. He can't win the big one, Shanahan. Why not bring in Belichick? It's the perfect scenario. I mean, uh, really, this game should have been won by San Francisco, and uh, it breaks the heart. I mean, it's just the play calling was so terrible. I mean, all the three and outs in the second quarter by San Francisco. Third quarter, yeah. After Mahomes got picked, after Mahomes got picked to start the second half, 
that was time to start to blow out Kansas City. And Shanahan just went away from McCaffrey. I don't know why. He's the offensive player of the year. Put it in his hands. You don't want Purdy throwing 38 times in the Super Bowl. The game should have been in McCaffrey's hands, not Purdy's hands. Yeah, you bring, moment- up, you bring up a lot of fair points in this, Dennis, and thank you for the phone call. Um, Shanahan is not going to get fired, obviously. That said, I have said a million times that Shanahan with the Niners feels like Andy Reid with the Eagles, which all, which could indicate two things. One, somebody else comes in with Philadelphia slash San Francisco in this case and wins the Super Bowl. And two, Shanahan goes somewhere else and it puts that team over the top or with a different quarterback, whoever that may be, like Reid did in Kansas City. Yeah, There's some similarities to that. The idea of a new coach there next year is not going to happen, but that coach that he's talking about, I mean. What coach? The greatest of all time. I don't know who you're talking about. The guy that wears the hoodie. Don Shula? Well, he's pretty good. Don Shula is the most winningest coach of all time. Yeah, is that who you're talking about? No, the guy you mentioned. I don't know. You know, I haven't said the name since you guys challenged me that I said the name too much. But for our our audience, they don't know who you're talking about. BB. Who's that? Bill B. Point is, Shanahan's not going anywhere. Not but, not not next season. No, but not next season. But I mean, here's the thing: this is laying the groundwork for the 49ers. If they have a season that underwhelms, there will be more questions about Kyle's ability to be able to get this team back to a Super Bowl and actually win it. Uh, it, it, it. It is. It becomes more of a conversation, and you start to wonder whether or not the 49ers brass is going to continue to give him the runway that they have in the past. I, I just. I think these are the types of coaching mistakes and then the fallout from that and hearing what the players have to say that makes the ownership question everything that they're doing because them not knowing the rules in overtime is just a microcosm of a bigger issue, which is they were the less prepared team. Mm -hmm. They were the less prepared team, period. And so you don't know how those things actually manifest itself and how that changes the outcome of the game. But having your players aware of all of the different situations and having them fully aware of the rule book is what allows you to contend at a championship level and to win within the margins when the teams are evenly matched. And that's the case when it comes with the San Francisco 49ers versus the the Kansas City Chiefs. And that's the thing that Bill Belichick used to take advantage of with so many other teams. I was on the wrong side of it with the Baltimore Ravens. In 2014, the divisional round, he comes up with this eligible, <laughs> ineligible receiver scheme, oh, yeah. four offensive linemen, six skill position players, and a quarterback. We didn't know who was coming or going. We had a double-digit point lead twice in that game and lost it because of what they did and understanding the rules. And that's... And that's why coaches go over situations over and over again on the Thursday and Friday practices, third down, red zone, two-minute goal line. They go over all of these game management situations, not just to hear themselves talk, but so the players are fully aware and can be held to account for knowing what to do under those circumstances. So I want to walk down this path very slowly, gently, and delicately because I don't want to indicate in any way, shape, or form that I think or we think Kyle Shanahan is on a hot seat. That is not what we're trying to do here. But the previous caller just brought up something very interesting. What what we're going to see over the next year in the NFL are teams that we think that should be Super Bowl teams that have coaches that are going to put themselves on the hot seat if they don't go to the Super Bowl. There are more teams that have that approach than there are team slots available to go to the Super Bowl. Buffalo, right? Sean McDermott doesn't have a big run. We'll see, right? Nick Sirianni, Philadelphia, Mike McCarthy, 
Dallas, Doug Peterson, maybe, Jacksonville. Anybody I'm missing here of that ilk? Here's the point that I'm making. Are we saying that Kyle Shanahan could be in that group? Not because he's bad, not because he deserves to be fired, just like time's kind of run out. Yeah. Yeah, I can see him in that group. If the 49ers don't win their division and they're one and done in the playoffs, well, man, I can see them in that group. I can wow. see it. And that's not how we I fired him. It. It's like, hey, we all decided we've, we've, we've taken this we're as far going, as we We're going in a different direction. Yeah, we've taken this as far as we can go. Well, yes. consciously uncouple. Yeah, which I think would be this, a similar thing in Buffalo. Maybe similar-ish in, in Dallas, but not 100%. Do not think that would be similar in Philadelphia. That's no. for sure. No, but, no. I mean, it's not that unreasonable to really lean into – he is Andy Reid in Philly, which is like we tried everything we tried. It yeah, just didn't and work. here's the thing. This team is going to become older and they're going to become more expensive. And that has never been a formula to have success in the NFL. No. It's never been. Like the core of their team is getting older. Like uh, guys like Fred Warner, he's going to be in line for a new contract. Brandon Ayuk in line for a new contract. And those are two of their younger core guys. I didn't even mention the likes of George Kittle and Trent Williams. Those guys are getting older. Mm-hmm. Like, you're going you're gonna to have to pay those guys this offseason because they're going into the final years of their contract. So I just think it becomes, a, a, it becomes tougher for this team to keep their core together. And then after next season, they're faced with the prospects or the problem, however way you want to look at it, of paying a good quarterback great quarterback money. Because Brock Purdy, that bill is going to come due. Mm-hmm. You've had the best bargain in the NFL the last two years. That's going to be over with after 2024. And so I just wonder what that does to your overall window and what that does to the job security of both Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, their GM. There is a chance one year from now, or maybe one year from a month ago from now, right? 11 months from now. We may see the greatest group of head coaching openings in the history of the sport. Yeah. If you think about how many good teams are out there that could have openings, I mean, I don't remember every year, every opening, but – does Philly think they're a Super Bowl contender this year? Yes. Does Buffalo? Yes. Does Dallas? Yes. Obviously, San Francisco does. All of those teams are Super Bowl contenders. There is a chance that in one way or another, those teams have changes at the head coaching position, much less San Francisco. But we've never seen Super Bowl contenders, multiple Super Bowl contenders, have openings. Now, the argument against it would be, well, if they have openings, are they really a Super Bowl contender? Mm-hmm. But I think in some cases, like Philly, we're yeah. saying they should have been better than they were. Yeah. Dallas, same thing, right? Yeah. I, we've never seen anything like this. No, well, we haven't. Uh, and not to this degree. Like, I mean, Tony Dungy is one I can think of that took his team routinely to the playoffs, won multiple playoff games, and got fired because they got bounced in the wild card but that's round. a great example. Look what happened after. They won the Super Bowl <laughs> right. the very the next Bowl. year. Right. So. It's a great example. We may have multiple examples of the Dungy-Gruden scenario next year. We're on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.